Does your work allow you to utilize your natural talents? If not, what's keeping you from choosing work that makes the most of your God-given gifts? Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. And if you're brand new, here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so every week, we focus on well-being in six pillars, and these are the areas of life that impact our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. If you need to get caught up, and I suggest you do, head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Again, the pillars can be broken down for you at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's brought to you by our Redefining Wealth private Facebook community. Yes, we have a community of purpose chasers from all over the globe. I don't believe that greatness can be created in isolation. You need people and you need like-hearted, not just like-minded folks around you. So join our free Facebook community at IamAPurposeChaser.com. You'll get to meet purpose chasers who are near you. Yes, in your own country, wherever you are. You can suggest show topics and guests and even get early access to upcoming events and programs. Purpose chasers always know first. So join us at IamAPurposeChaser.com. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from PatriceWashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. If you are brand new here, you have met us in part three of a really amazing three-part series. And so I want you to get the full scope of what results, not resolutions means. See, this is a community that believes that building wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's all about the condition of well-being. And so our purpose chasers, our OG listeners for the last couple of weeks have been getting some really practical action steps in what I call the six pillars. These are the areas of life that impact our finances, even when we don't recognize it. And so I don't care what your 2021 goals are for the year. I truly believe that they will stay out of reach. You will always be hoping, praying, wishing, and setting resolutions that many people really never create a plan uh, to actually make that happen, but you won't really be getting results. You won't get to the things that you say you actually want. And more importantly, you don't have a game plan for who you want to become this year or any other year. And so go back a few weeks. It starts with the truth about wealth. It's about three episodes back and Get caught up and then come back to this one. Now, for those of you who have been rocking with me for the last couple of weeks, I hope that you have been making tremendous progress. Uh, I know it's a lot. I know it can be meaty. You know, people always tell me, Patrice, oh my gosh, I'm not expecting to go this deep. Why do you always make us go deep? I don't understand how you get the results without doing the work because the hard work in all of this is the heart work. And so 
I'm not, as a financial expert, really just interested in what budget you use or, you know, what savings account you have selected. I'm concerned about your behavior. I want to change those limiting beliefs. I want to get you in new patterns, new habits, new rituals that actually support who I know you want to become even when you don't have the words to articulate it. And so for the last couple weeks, for part one, we went through the first two pillars. The first two pillars are fit and people. And then last week, we went through space and faith. And this week, I'm going to just jump right in because these are the pillars that people usually jump to. As a finance expert for the last decade, you know, people always have come to me with either something career or entrepreneurship related or it's the money stuff. And the truth is, as we start to clean up these other areas, that's how this starts to make more sense, the work and money pillar. And so I just want to dive in. I want to read even the intro section to my new book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself. I hope you have pre-ordered your copy. I want to read the intro section because I think it's that good. (laughs) And there's no reason to paraphrase when it's right here. Work pillar is about living your life's purpose. When I came up with the tagline, chase purpose, not money, a few years ago, I'd already lived this way for a really long time. Since I started my first business, I've used my gifts to do purposeful work in some way. Over time, I've refined and clarified what that looks like, and my purpose has evolved. God has given you the same ability to produce material wealth with your talents, gifts, and experiences while pursuing your purpose. Doing so glorifies Him, serves other people, and helps you find fulfillment. This is why the work pillar focuses not just on finding the right job, but on living your life's purpose. When you're fired up to work in your purpose, it has a positive impact on all the other pillars. You no longer have a need to shop, eat, or drink to fill a void in your life, and you can easily define your priorities. When you're working for more than a paycheck, you bring a spirit of enthusiasm to everything you do. You naturally strive to operate in excellence, and you attract people and opportunities that would have otherwise passed you by. You can live every day knowing you're answering the calling on your life. So the work pillar, again, just to reiterate, is so huge because in the work that I've done over the years, I know that when people are not clear about their purpose, it becomes really difficult to set their priorities. That's why you can make a New Year's resolution to, let's say, save $1,000 and then go right out and justify, or as I like to say, rationalize, we ration out lies about why you need those black shoes that look just like the other black shoes you have or why you must take a vacation, right? And not actually sacrifice to get to what you say you want. Like that's why we can say we want one thing and then our actions, our calendar, our debit cards don't align with what we're saying. Most of the time, it's the void that we're trying to fill and we make up stories. And oh my gosh, we're so good at making up stories. (laughs) Self-include, make up stories about why this makes sense, knowing full well that when we look back, it was completely illogical. 
And so this has, this section of the book has so many action steps. I want to give you one, the first one to think about as you continue to set those goals. Like I said, in the very beginning of these series, I want you to think about what you really want and who you need to become in the process. Like what are those big things that you really want to tackle this year? And no matter what it is that you say, I truly believe that this is the work that you need to do because we're multidimensional and all of these things have an impact on the next. So the lesson I'd love to share is lesson 80 from the book. It's Answer the Call. When Sharon, not her real name, joined me for a breakthrough call, she'd worked in the beauty industry for 13 years. For the last four of those years, she owned a salon, but it had never turned a profit. In fact, she was spending money to keep it going. Sharon wanted to get out of the salon and start a new business. But when I asked her what she wanted to do, she gave me a list of things she wasn't good at doing. When I pressed her, Sharon said she should probably go into real estate. Then she listed five more business ideas, none related to the others, which she might want to pursue. She also mentioned something about her interest in art, but quickly brushed over it. When she was done, I asked her to tell me more about how art fit into her life because that was the only thing I saw her actually light up about. And she told me it was something that came naturally to her. She'd started dabbling four years earlier and was completely self-taught. On her Instagram page, I found original artwork so outstanding. I would have commissioned a work from her on the spot. So I asked her, why aren't you seriously pursuing this? And she explained running the salon took up all of her time. Besides, she didn't want to be a quote-unquote starving artist. Art is subjective. It's worth as much as someone's willing to pay for it. But Sharon had serious limiting beliefs around how much income she could earn with her gift. We talked about shifting her mindset and I advised her to sell a few pieces and use those sales to establish her prices going forward. My goal was to give her permission to choose her own beliefs about what it would mean to be a wealthy artist. I wanted her to see she could follow her gift to her purpose. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen because we have the free will to choose to answer the call or not. The choosing has to go both ways. Every day I meet people with tremendous gifts and talents who refuse to answer the call on their lives, usually because it requires stepping into the unknown and facing the unfamiliar. Then they complain about people with less talent who are more successful. Those successful people may not be the best in the world at what they do, but they're willing to step out and do it. If people can benefit from your gift, it has value. When people continually seek you out for your gift, it's a calling. Whether they're talking to you in person, hitting you up in your DMs, or actually picking up the phone to call you, it's a calling on your life. Don't relegate your greatest talent to be a hobby or a side interest. You were given that gift for a reason. It's meant to support your life's work. This is your call to purpose. Answer the call. So here's your action step. Ask yourself these questions. Does your work allow you to utilize your natural talents? If not, what's keeping you from choosing work that makes the most of your God-given gifts? Challenge the limiting beliefs holding you back and find or create work to put your gifts to good use. Do the work you're called to do. Now, I already know that someone is driving along or you're walking on the treadmill or you're doing whatever it is you do as you listen to the Redefining Wealth podcast. And I know you're already struggling because you're like, well, 
Maybe you're like Sharon in this example. Well, I've been doing this thing for so long. I'm known for this thing. I'm self-taught over there. Why would that be successful when I've been doing this for so long and I've been struggling? And I would say to you, because you are going against the flow, you are trying to force yourself a square peg into a round hole. And what many of us do is hang around in environments that don't support our gift. We don't answer the call because we take the right gift to the wrong industry. We try to use the right gift in the wrong ministry, or some of us just refuse to acknowledge and embrace the gift. And there's more lessons on this in the book. It's it's bite-sized, so you can really walk through each step. But I really want to encourage you that no matter what you say you want to do this year, think about honestly, is the work that you're doing in alignment? And this is not for people to go out and quit their job tomorrow by no means. But if what you're doing and not even a job, right? Even if you're an entrepreneur, it's possible to have created a new unfulfilling space for yourself. Doesn't matter that you're running it. If it's not right, it's not right. And many of us choose things that we think sound good out of safety, and then we dishonor and we dismiss the gift. We miss the call. We completely miss the call. And then we perpetuate this cycle. And I truly believe that, again, when we're not in purpose, it makes it really difficult to honor the priorities that are going to get us to the wealth that we say we want, to the goals that we say we have. So it's not about doing something tomorrow, but it is about acknowledging it, being aware and knowing that you can't recondition anything that you won't allow yourself to recognize. So if this is really resonating, I want to give you another action step. It's number 86. And this has been, this is this is one of these exercises that I've done over and over again for years. And I kid you not, when I look at my life today, It is literally what I wrote down years and years and years ago. I mean, every detail to a T and I'm just so grateful. And this is where I was saying last week that I don't believe that I'm special. I believe that there's been a lot of intention and that's what I want to pass on to you. This is not just about a a series on on some random podcast in 2021. This is how we live our lives. I want these redefining wealth principles to become a part of your life. And I want it so badly because I know what it's done for my life. And I know what I truly believe is possible. So here's one that I really love and that I I keep doing over and over again. This is called Design Your Ideal Day. It's number 86 in the book. While my work with the nonprofit organization suited my purpose perfectly, it wasn't long before I grew frustrated with the rules and routines of office work. Despite my circumstances, I never lost sight of the decision I made that day in Red Lobster with my dad to become an entrepreneur. My day started with leaving home at seven in the morning to drop off Reagan at preschool and fighting Atlanta traffic to drop off my niece who lived with us at her high school on the other side of town. Then I drove to various suburbs of Atlanta to give workshops, and at the end of the day, my employer expected me to return to our office in the heart of the city to drop off paperwork before I made the trek back to our suburb in the middle of rush hour traffic. 
I hated running late every day to pick up Reagan from preschool. More than that, it burned me up that my supervisor felt like I had to be in the office during certain hours, even if my work was done or I could easily finish it from home. I never needed to be micromanaged and I pushed back against it. I forgot to include the details of how my work would fit into my life when I crafted my dream job. It's another exercise in the book. Yes, I wanted to teach people about personal finance, but not at the cost of time with my family or peace of mind. My core value of flexibility wasn't being honored, so I kept my dream career description, but I also wrote out a description of my ideal day. It read something like the following. I wake up in the morning and pray and meditate before my family gets up. I take my daughter to school and then return to my house where I make my coffee with my favorite vanilla creamer. Wearing my fuzzy slippers, I walk down to my home office. I coach people over the phone and have plenty of time to write blog posts, articles, and books. I dress up when I want to, not because I have to. And at the end of the day, I pick up my daughter from school on time. This was what I wanted back in 2010, and it's essentially the way I live my life now. I've done this exercise multiple times over the years, and each time I got more clarity about how I wanted to live my life while I work and my purpose. I've worked from home for nearly a decade, but I didn't have my ideal day right away. I incorporated one element at a time until my vision became my reality. It's essential to understand the kind of work you want to do as you chase purpose instead of money. However, it's just as important to have a clear picture of what your days will look like. Designing your ideal day requires you to consider all the pillars, fit, people, space, faith, work, and money. Keep refining your model until you have a picture of harmony among all the pillars. Your ideal day may differ completely from mine. Maybe you don't have children to drive to school. Perhaps you really love the energy you get from working with other people in a shared office space. Maybe you prefer more time for your faith practices at the end of the day. Define your ideal day for yourself. That's the only way you'll ever come close to creating it. So it's your turn. Your action step is to write a description of your ideal day, starting from the moment you wake up and ending with when you turn in for the night. Include as much detail as possible and revisit this document periodically just to assess what you've implemented and what you might want to change. There's also questions in the book to help get you started, but this is such a great exercise because sometimes you're saying that you want something for this year or you're setting goals that only honor one part of who you are. It only honors who you want to be in the workspace, but it doesn't honor who you want to be as a mother. It may not honor who you want to be as a wife. It may not honor who you want to be as a brother, as a friend. And so when you're more intentional, right, you are setting goals now not just these arbitrary resolutions. You are looking to get results, to get to that outcome, that end game, the finale, knowing that you are doing exactly what it is you said you wanted to do and it's in exact alignment with who you wanted to become. And I believe that when you do the work in those pillars, when you do all the work in these first five pillars, Now, when you go to make and manage and multiply your money, you are in a different space. You are at a different level. You have become someone who can do those things 
with grace and ease. And if you've been with me for a while or you tune in here and there and you still don't know, well, what really makes Patrice different? Here's what makes me different. A lot of financial experts jump straight into the money section. And that's because a lot of you want people to just give you the quick and dirty, what's fast, what's easy. But I'm determined to shift something in you so that you can sustain and maintain it. So no, the money pillar is not first, it's not second. It is the sixth pillar of redefining wealth. And I wanna read to you what I wrote here. If you skip straight to this section because you wanna work on money (laughs) and deal with the rest later, then stop here. This pillar is last for a reason. Your money is a byproduct of how much you invest in solidifying the first five pillars, fit, people, space, faith, and work. Each of these directly impacts your results with money. At the same time, it does you no good to have a six-figure bank balance if your family is in shambles or you have no faith practices to rely upon when you have problems that money will never be able to solve. If you don't know how to rest, When you need to, all the material wealth in the world can't help you. If you're developing high blood pressure because you go to a job that you hate every day, the luxury SUV you drive to the office with means nothing. Money is just one element of a wealthy life. The basics of personal finance really aren't complicated. Spend less than you make, earn more, save consistently, minimize debt, and take it on wisely. Invest in vehicles you understand. It really is as simple as that. However, it's hard to make those basics regular habits when the rest of your life just isn't in order. The six pillars of wealth are designed to guide you to create harmony and alignment in every area of your life, producing a sense of peace that frees you to manage your money wisely. If you've worked through the first five pillars, you're ready to deal with money from a place of strength, confidence, and well-being. And so I really don't have many things that I want to read to you from the money section because I just feel like you guys have heard it. We've heard it all before. If you listen to finance podcasts, if you have picked up financial books, if you know you follow financial social media pages, you've heard it all before. Your big mama was telling you this well before social media was even a thing. My hope is that you really reflect on what we've done over these last three weeks and that when you get redefined wealth for yourself in the mail, you really take time to do these lessons and watch how all of a sudden the advice that you've been getting your entire life, the advice that you've been getting from your good girlfriends and from your spouse or from whoever, all of a sudden starts to click and make sense. You will make the most progress on your money pillar, (laughs) your ability to follow the basics when you work your way through the other pillars and start to do the work. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it will all start to make sense. I'm trying to decide which lesson I am going to give you, though, (laughs) from this money section. There's so many. Um, one-on-one is add visuals to your money goals. Let me find the one that I think would really help you as you set your 
goals to get to results, not resolutions this year. You're going to hear me flipping. You ready? Okay, I think I, I want to do this one. This is my friend, Jason. He was actually on the podcast um, last year. And I love this. And I, I want you to think about this as you're setting your goals, your results, not resolutions. Here we go. It's lesson number 106, Buy Back Your Freedom. I met Jason Vitug on the dance floor at FinCon, a conference for personal finance educators and content creators. At the time, we talked about our forthcoming books, my second and his first. We both went home and made those books happen. And because of our last names, our books are often next to each other on the bookstore shelves. Jason wrote, You Only Live Once, to help people achieve their best life through mindful money practices. He went from living paycheck to paycheck, even while he earned a six-figure salary, to paying off his debt and stacking up significant savings. He quit his six-figure job with a financial institution to backpack around the world, traveling to 20 countries over 12 months. Through his experience, he came up with the concept of a freedom fund. Jason encourages people to escape the trap of working 50 weeks a year just to have two weeks of vacation, often from jobs they don't even love. He suggests you create a freedom fund and save to buy back your freedom. Jason tells people to look at the cost of any discretionary purchase, not just in terms of dollars, but also in terms of the hours they'll have to work to pay for any one item. For example, if you make $20 an hour and you pay $500 for a plasma TV, you'll spend 25 work hours on that TV. Look at those numbers and decide if the TV is worth the work or if you'd rather invest that work and the resulting income in something that will get you closer to freedom, however you define it. The TV might be worth it to you because you and your spouse love movies and will get years of entertainment value from it. Or you might decide you'd rather invest those work hours in your dream house, your trip to Cuba, or to enroll in a course that will help you launch your business. In those moments, you can decide to buy things or buy freedom. The choice is yours. Ugh. There's more in the book. There's more in the book, but I committed to not keeping you too long for this last one because I really want you to block some time and go through all of these lessons and the calculation for how to buy back your freedom is there. But those are some of the money lessons, the types of things. Um, so it won't be so heavy. It's not so heavy on here's the best budget. Um, that's the way we excuse ourselves from being decisive about taking our next best step. Which budget should I use? Which money management app is the best? My clients always hear me say, you no longer have the luxury of allowing yourself to stay confused about things that have been answered over and over and over again. The truth is your mind is cluttered with all the other things that you haven't addressed. And while I am so excited for you to build monetary wealth again, I want to help you maintain it this time. I want to help you be able to think through who you're being, what you're really doing, how these things are not supporting you. And a lot of people send me messages and say, you hear my voice in your head before you make a purchase. Listen, I'll take it. Whatever is going to help you <laughs> manage money wisely and be the best version of yourself possible, then I'm here for it. So I really do hope and pray that you have enjoyed this series. It is such, 
it is a barely scratching the surface. I've given you two lessons per pillar. So you've gotten what, 12? <laughs> you've gotten 12 lessons, 12 action steps you can take. So whether you buy the book or not, you got some stuff that you can work on in order for you to get results, not just make resolutions this year. But I would love for you to support the book. I would love for you to actually go through these hundred plus lessons one by one and just start incorporating a little at a time. Remember that I've been at this for a while. I've been on this journey for over a decade, right? So this is not an overnight thing by any means. But I always say it only takes one thing to change everything. And as I've incorporated these lessons one by one in my life, it is barely recognizable from where I was on that bathroom floor in March of 2009, bawling, snotting, crying, asking God, why me? Today, I know why me. I needed to live this life and have that story to have the passion and compassion that I have for helping you get past whatever your bathroom floor moment may have been or is right now. And so these aren't gimmicks and tricks. <laughs> this is how I live my life. People who know me privately will tell you I set my goals up by these pillars. I set my calendar up by these pillars. I do the same exercises over and over again. And I just really pray that this book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, and that this podcast, the Redefining Wealth podcast, is a bright light in your life and an example of what's possible an example of what's possible. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your money story was in the past. I don't care what your parents did or didn't do. You have an opportunity to change all of that and to live and leave a different legacy, a better legacy, a lasting legacy. And I'm honored to be with you on this journey. So thank you so much. I am so, so, so grateful that you decided to join me for this Results Not Resolution series. It was a little different than it's been in years past, but I hope you can appreciate it. I would love for you to rate and review. Follow me in social media, Seek Wisdom PCW. Tell me what you thought. Tell me what aha moments you're getting. We're going to be discussing it, of course, in the Redefining Wealth Facebook community. I love you, Purpose Chasers. You guys keep that community hopping. <laughs> There's never a dull moment in there. There's always some good sharing going on and I appreciate it. I love it. I'm always reading and responding. So come join us in the free Redefining Wealth Facebook community. Redefine Wealth for Yourself drops March 15th. Many of you have pre-ordered your pre-ordered books. Your hardcovers are coming in as we speak. I'm going to be signing and shipping books out early March and everyone else, if you haven't been able to pre-order, you can pre-order on Kindle right now and the paperback will be available March 15th. Um, but until then, right, be on the lookout, mark your calendars for that. But until then, take the work we've done the last couple weeks seriously, implement it like nobody's business. And let's get to creating some results in our lives for 2021. I appreciate you guys so much. I will be back next week with an awesome interview for you. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.